This is a Career Channel program from UC San Diego Extension. Visit us at uctv.tv slash careers for videos, employment news, and trend articles to help recent college graduates and those in career transition bridge to better employment. Hi, it's Jennifer Davies, and I'm the Assistant Dean of External Affairs at UC San Diego Extension, and it's another edition of Career Talk, which is all things careers, and we talk about them. Um, with me today, I'm really pleased to have uh, Reed Carr, who is the president and CEO of Red Door Interactive and also the founder. Um, thank you for being here, Reed. Oh, happy to be here. Thank you. So let's get started. Um, tell me a little bit, what is Red Door Interactive and why did you found it? Sure. Uh, so Red Door Interactive is, uh, at the highest level of it, is an advertising agency. But I'd like to think of it as kind of the more modern version of it as things have changed. So I think we're in large part in the business of helping companies make good marketing decisions, uh, given all the different channels and all the different tactics that are out there these days and how dramatically those have changed over the years. So when did you start Red Door? So back in 2002. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's been 15 years. So how, is, how, how have things changed? When you started it, what were, what were your capabilities and what were you doing then? And then talk yeah. a little bit about the evolution and, and what you've seen. So when we first started, um, you know, a big part of it, uh, the impetus for starting it in a lot of ways was, one, just wanting to live in San Diego and, and be in kind of a creative industry that, that we can be. But um, the other part of it was really around uh, the emergence of what was, at the time, was log file analysis and, and analytics. Uh, and log file analysis. Let's, yeah, what is that? What is that? So <laughs> it's all about tracking what's happening. Okay. And so, um, you know, I, I come from traditional agencies that were putting out a whole lot of ads, and many of which you really couldn't tell whether or not they were working. And so we're working on some of the biggest brands in the world. And, and to, to some degree, we're just trying to see, hey, did sales go up or, or not? And and so many times, as we all know, it probably has more to do with the quality of the product than it may be with the advertising. So starting the business, um, really wanted to put those two things together. So have great creative and have fun with that, but also know whether or not what we were doing mattered. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was really all about what we started. So our first you know, capabilities, uh, oddly enough, for Red Door Interactive in the Word, we did a lot of traditional trade show booths and things like that, just trying to make what money we could to survive. Um, but how it's evolved now has been, um, you know, diversifying our skill sets. You know, those cha the channels that started 15 years ago and what we had available to us, social media did not exist. It was message boards was probably the closest thing we had. Um, search engine optimization was something that was just really emerging as Google became more important. It wasn't always Google as it is now. So um, we needed people to specialize and we needed people to get de deep knowledge in all these new tactics um, and, it, you know, another one, a year goes by and another tactic comes out. I mean, now we're talking about programmatic media and... Okay, what's programmatic uh, Programmatic media? meaning, you know, in a lot of ways, <clears throat> this is not the best description of probably that everyone in the industry would might like, but a lot of ways it's kind of that automated um, media in the sense of finding audiences and um, automatically targeting based on behaviors and things that people are exhibiting. How do you do that? Well, it's software. I mean, okay. for the end of the day, it's it's you know making good decisions about programmatic vendors and choosing who is uh, doing the best math in some ways to identify audiences. And so then, it's sort of trolling the the interwebs <laughs> to like, okay, this person is clicking on these things that seem like they would be interested behavior. in my thing. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So exhibiting behaviors, and there's a lot of different ways of doing it. Um, there's a lot of components that come into, um, you know, what might be happening on your own site, what may be happening on other sites. So a lot of things go into it. So that's why I think a lot of people don't want to hear the 
automated you know, story. That is what's happening, but there's a ton of work that people right now still do to find what those right circumstances might be. So programmatic, what would you call it, a programmatic media buying? Media, media yeah. buying. I mean, I'm sure there's been over the years things like that that were sort of like an aha moment or a, a change. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other ones that oh, you've man. seen? Like well, social media, obviously. That right. How was that when you fir- when that first happened? How did you grapple with changing your business in terms of what that meant? You know, so to to take the one thing of of social media, and then I've got a lot more on the other part of that question. So social media specifically, um, you know, there wasn't anyone actually doing it um, other than people just individuals playing around with it and, and as they were originally intended. So Twitter, that first thing used to be, like, I, I want to say, remember what the question is, like, what are you doing? I think was the question that you answered. And then that's what, that's what people would go with. So what we did is I, I said, you know what, this thing is taking off. The funny thing about Twitter when I, you know, I first got on, I go, who would do this? This is so dumb. So many, like, I know and, all that stuff. <laughs> uh, and then some of the people at the company are like, no, 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 you need to pay attention to it. So I got early on, got a Twitter account and that's not a thing. But like, who cares what anybody is doing? Uh, and you start to see these things take off. So very and quickly. And now we're all addicted. <laughs> I know. And so what I did, though, was I found I couldn't find anyone who specialized in that. As an individual, I said, this is really important for our clients to be doing. Um, so I found a PR person. Um and I said, hey, um, th- who, who wrote their own blog? And she was doing a lot of different things um, and uh, and said, you know what? Hey, you are now our social media person. And she, I think, was just so into it. It was like, I- I'm in. Yeah, let's do this. So it took us a while. And this, I learned a, a lesson from that a little bit around the business. Um, but it took us a while for people to embrace it, for clients to go, okay, yeah, I definitely should be doing that. It took us probably a good six months or so of us road showing that to client to client saying this is something you could be doing, um, which is – it's funny and to what think was there, I mean I get their skepticism because we were all sort of skeptical. It's right. like you know, flash in the pan. Yeah. What was their resistance and sort of what what, what did you see that broke through? Uh, well, I mean the resistance early on is, is kind of the same thing I felt. I was like, who cares? Like it's all, all trivial, this drivel, right? right? This drivel that people are putting out there. Um, but then you could find and what some of the impetus was were these things like, you know, you say that, but look at what's going on with this one no-name person out there. Do, and this is what – and back then it mattered more of here's how many followers, here's how many retweets or whatever it may be. Um, they had as a as a high level metric of this thing working in some way, so it just took that first client uh, to say, you know what, I, I think we probably could do that. So I remember that for us was Soup Plantation Sweet Tomatoes Restaurants were one one of our first clients to do it. What's more is probably if I I think they may have been the first restaurant to do it mm-hmm. um, at all to really start to actively manage a social presence. Um, and we did some really cool stuff. And when you are one of those pioneers like that, you can truly explode fast. And um, because people are looking at it and seeing it as an example. And so we, we did. Obviously, those things can plateau pretty easily if you don't maintain that momentum. Um, but we, but it was our first um, jump into that. And then you have proof. And that's such a big thing for so many marketers out there is I want to see evidence of this working because there's a little bit of fear. So it just takes a few people to be that pioneer to, to jump off and really go after it. So, um, you know, it, it wasn't hard on some level very quickly to start saying, you know, you probably should have a dialogue with your customer. Um, and as soon as people kind of wrap their head around that, um, which is why we named Red Door Interactive the way we did. Interactive was never really intended to be a story about digital. It was intended to say brands need to be talking and, and have this reciprocal relationship with customers. Um, so it was about a perspective that we had. And then after a while, it got corrupted into this other word for digital, which is not at all what it was for. 
What's the red door referring to? The red door is well. So we're an agency. So we we um, we did a creative brief and said, what do we want to communicate with the name? So what the name was intended to do was one, be a tangible object, because back 15 years ago, people were making up words just to find a domain name. I didn't like that. I wanted some feeling of stability. Something should exist. It's intended to be about a detail, attention to detail. Details in my mind matter and make a huge difference in brands. So red door is a detail of a house. Uh, open communication friendly and we always said that the uh, the red door the house with the red door has the best Halloween candy so you know everyone a lot of people I should say um, I hope everyone feels this way is there's you know people know what that red door on a house looks like and it has a a nice feeling that they can attach to it so okay that's all I've always wondered that so now I <laughs> yeah well it was funny too when we first started we didn't want anything with a red door because we wanted that question we want people you know I didn't want people to think we just named it because the building we happen to be in had a red door so we have a glass door now and we've, we've never intended to have a red door uh, one time a landlord painted our door red because they thought we should have a red door which was very sweet of him and not what we had intended and you have to go paint it yeah <laughs> we just said thank you very much and lived with it because you know that's what you have to do I guess but the other part of your question, so it's been interesting, is what are those things that have changed that have been so transformative, and, and what did I learn from so many of those things? Because so often it it's not about the big thing that I've been finding. It's not social media is now here or search engines are now here, but the nuance of some of these things has been some of the more transformative because then as you get them to converge, because these individual tactics as a, uh, a a domain or something like that that's what's so interesting about it is like, okay, they emerge, but then you see the relationship between social and search emerge or the idea of programmatic. So much of this is what I've seen it change what media planning and buying is. A lot of people are used to going, okay, we buy media for clients. It's not about media buying anymore. It's about audience buying. So can you find, well, I don't care where they are. I mean, you used to have to buy, so I want men 18 to 24 and therefore I buy social media and I try to magically just connect with my customer because we we run into each other in that way. Um, now we go look. I don't like. Are they showing the behavior that they're in market right now for my product? Do they exhibit all these things now? Wherever they are, I want to reach them with my message at the right time. So um, those are some of the things that have changed. These interesting perspectives that media planning and buying is not gone or anything like that. It's just different mm-hmm. so different lens yeah. well that's the interesting thing that you, what you're talking about and everyone talks about with the digital world is that you can actually the, the metrics of success are so much more available mm-hmm. and yet still people talk about it in a way like oh it has an open rate of two point you know yeah what what are some of the metrics of success and what's an easy way to understand if things, something's working right so there's a bunch of little things there that are lead, you know we kind of have to start bucketing them out leading indicators to success and because the end of the day success is you know, are sales going up? Are we, you know, uh, reducing cost and reducing cost to get those sales? Things like that. Those are at the highest level, but those are all lagging indicators for whether or not what we're doing is working. So some of those leading indicators have a lot to do with dependent on, or in, are dependent on what industry our clients are in. So consumer packaged goods, um, you know, they are very disconnected from the sale when it's sold into a Walgreens or Walmart or something to that effect. E-commerce, very simple. Their metrics, it's you know, conversion rates that are some of the leading indicators, things like that. Um, but whether or not things are working, it's not about necessarily impressions and weight. Um, so how many times people have seen the ad or something like that or how many we reach, but you're looking at a whole funnel and you say, I want to see people who are going from one step to another. Every product has its own speed to conversion or speed to customer. 
Um, so those metrics are going to be like, what's happening at awareness? Are we reaching the right people? And are they moving into our consideration set? So at consideration set, are we seeing them exhibit search, certain search behavior? Because that's now a proactive mechanism that says I'm in market. Then when they come into the, the other part of it is on a landing page on a site, or are they showing up in retail, which we are able to now measure a lot better uh, with mobile and cross-device tracking and things like that. So are they now moving through that part of the funnel and then obviously con- converting? And then on the back end of this, are they coming back? Are they buying more and doing a mechanism? So every single stage of this funnel has certain sets of metrics. Part of them are, are maybe unique to the industry that they're in, but it's important to really attack certain parts of that and make those metrics a little bit better, a little bit better, and look at it as a full program up and down that funnel. So there is no – it's gotten more complex. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gotten so much more aware of what they can be. Okay, so here's the question. So you're talking about like this is like analytics and this mm-hmm. is math. When you set off on your advertising career, you were like, I want to be in a creative yeah. industry. I want to do right? the fun stuff, right? So talk about – how both you have sort of made that transition and people that yeah. you work with and, and, and what you would say to other people that are looking in this world now yeah. and sort of what you what you need to do. I mean, that has been one of the most interesting transitions of this from a, from a career standpoint in this particular role. The last math te- class I took was in high school. I was a Bachelor of Arts. I, did, <laughs> I, you know, I, th- I thought I left that behind. Yeah, I know, like, peace and, out. <laughs> yeah, right? And you get into the creative part of things and it's, oh, you know, creative and ideas and so, well, the other interesting thing to note about marketing industry is um, CMOs, so chief marketing officers, oftentimes in most businesses now are spending more money on technology than the chief technology officer is. So w- none of us got into the business to be in software or anything like that as well. So, you know, a bunch of people have gotten into this career having thought that they were getting into some, you know, fun, creative, art and copy type world um, and had now found out I'm in doing a ton of math and I'm evaluating and implementing technology and technology projects. Um, you know, they also thought campaigns it had a very short beginning and end to it. That's a lot of what I had expected and started to get used to early on in my career. Now these are projects, campaigns. I mean, you're managing a funnel. That's a long-term, kind of always-on endeavor. So how people have had to change now is adapt, is either find good um, partners um, in internally in organizations, um, and that's interesting. Playing well with others has always probably been a core skill, all, always. But really, partnering with technologists, partnering with you know data scientists and mathematicians and things, um, and then collaborating and still maintaining that creative spirit and and curiosity and and all those things that that really kind of at the heart of it is why they should still be doing what they're doing. Um, and then the other layer of it all being. Are you listening to customers? Are you responding to their needs? And do you understand what your focus is and how it differs from the competition? And then the final piece of it is how do you do all of that really fast? Because it's all gotten much faster. Well, that's a, so how much math do you do now? Or do you, or, or do you hire for that Hire skill? for that. Okay. You know, and that was the thing is, you, I mean, there's, and don't get me wrong, there's, I'm sure people are fantastic at it. And then it just, it's a, it was another talent that they had. Um, but I had to, I mean, I had to have the curiosity and the interest in it, um, but I certainly don't have the, the skill sets that I, when I watch people do that, who are really good at, and they're like the fish in that water, um, you know, it's a hundred times better than I could ever do. So how do you, I mean, how is your um, Red Door structured? Is it like half creative types that can do that, or is it 
that, or is there a Venn diagram or, or yeah. sort of how do you how do you? So, well, I mean, thankfully, we've gotten big enough to kind of allow people to really specialize. And I think that's kind of the why we do it is really to foster that individualism. Um, so what are those individuals that we have is we do have a big component of creative, but we also have an equally large size of technologists. So developers, we have a big group of analysts, so data scientists, people who are exploring data and finding interesting ways of collecting that data. We have a marketing technology group that just evaluates and implements technology so they're not building it from scratch, um, which is a lot of what this is now. And then we've got people who are the business people, client services, strategy, doing research. Um, And then the other big part of our business is we call our subject matter experts. And those are the people who are hands-on because they Social has gotten so complex, and SEO has gotten so complex, and media has gotten complex. So there's whole groups that just do those individual pieces. And then the beauty of it all is how it's orchestrated into one single-minded message for for our our clients and for the consumer and things like that. So if you were advising someone in a career in marketing, would you say specialize? Or if you really – if it fits your interests and aptitudes – this is the area I would go into, like SEO, search, en- search engine optimization, easy for me to say. <laughs> or would you say be a generalist and sort of know it all and then? Yeah, so it just depends on how, like, do you want to be at a big agency? Well, then specialization does work. Uh, if, if at that big agency you want to move up at the ladder, you have to start being able to broaden and get a better context of the business, of clients. But it doesn't, there's no harm in taking a, um, a dedicated or specific approach. At a small agency, you have to be largely a generalist to kind of do a lot of those things. And I think clients will sacrifice a little bit for that because they want maybe that hands-on or the direct relationship with the person who's doing that work. At a at being a marketer on the client side, um, you know, it just depends on how they're structured from and do they have an in-house agency feel or are they trying to be generalists? I do think long-term, though, to ascend in your career, you have to find ways to get greater context and start to generalize a little more, yet um, it, that's leadership skills and management skills. And um, having had some hands-on experience with all of this helps a lot. So if, if, at your agency, um, at Red Door, do you have a hard time – what are the skills that you have a really hard time finding? Are there things that are like you will be a seller in a buyer's market if you know this in terms of um, marketing and digital marketing? Right. So right now I would say um, is is in that data science side of things. That's a, that's one of the ones that's probably highest in demand. Um, and there's a, a lot of different facets to that. Um, but, you know, it's statistics. It's being able to get hands-on with the software, but then having enough of a marketing lens to say, okay, well, then, therefore, if I see this, what should I do about it? Um, and so that's a, that's. Is it certain programs like? Do you need to know Python? Uh, yeah, no. I mean, there's it. That's one that the, the, the things foundational skills matter a lot these days because those thi- those you, things those change okay. so fast. Mm-hmm. So right now, I mean, you know, SPSS and IBM and the I mean Watson platform. I mean, some mm-hmm. of those things are what's leading edge. What's next? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think any of us can really predict. So foundationally, if you really kind of understand how it all works, you can adapt from one thing to another. Oh, okay. So we're, we're going to be wrapping up here. What yep. do you see as the next big thing? The next big thing in our industry right now, it's, it's happening now and it will continue to happen for a while is personalization. And, and you know, it's this one idea of one-to-one marketing at scale. Um, and that's what's a big part of it. There's software involved in it. There's the analytics involved in it. There's you know, making sure you don't get it wrong uh, because, it, you know, you get a bad one-to-one message that and, doesn't work right. That's counter to the, what the brand wants. So I'd say that's probably the biggest thing, and there's a ton that enables that, and there's a lot of value to it. 
Okay, so be ready for change and yeah. just get out there. <laughs> well, be ready for change and be able to work with others. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the one thing that, you know, as much as we've gotten stuck in our individual device and in our own little world as we see people, you know, it's interesting as finding what your core skills are and your passions are and then complementing that with other people who balance that out. And that, I think, is probably a thing that ascends people better than anything. Okay, that's great. Well, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation, and I hope we do it again sometime. Absolutely. All right, thanks, Reed. Thank you.